I'm Ricky. I'm Tina. I'm Sophia. I'm Risa. And we are Core Titties. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. We are hanging out um, again in Sophia's room, having a great time, all snuggled in real cozy. Um, <laughs> this episode, we are going to be talking about money. <laughs> um, so grab a beverage that you enjoy. Uh, make sure the device that you're listening on is all charged up, and uh, let's get started. What did money look like growing up to you guys, like in your family, like when you were kids? Do you notice patterns of how your parents spent their money, or of saving, saving their money, or how you would notice like what they would make use of when they would spend their money, whether it's you know on groceries or on fun gadgets for themselves or for you or something like that yeah growing up my my mom didn't like earn a paycheck or anything but my dad was like the money provider or whatever of the family but he is the president of a nonprofit organization and so all the money that we got just came from donations like literally if the check did not have his specific name on it we did not get the money hmm. and so we spent a lot of time honestly like getting groceries at the food bank. It's weird because looking back on it now, I see those things and I see how like we didn't have a ton of money, but at the same time, I never felt like we didn't have money. My mom always cooked really well, like had great meals for us and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, we were always like taking care of my dad, took us to the water park every summer and things like Mm -hmm. that. And so they definitely prioritize like their kids still getting to experience life. But even now as like an adult, I know that like, money isn't my focus and that was ingrained in me when I was really really young and just like growing up and seeing how my parents spent money as it being a just like another thing and not something to like idolize and cherish and like be super caught up on yeah glamorizing it or I guess like making it an idol of your life exactly exactly Mm -hmm. so up with a dad who or like a family that didn't have a ton of money and didn't have like a steady income at all whatsoever but still I at least as a kid growing up never felt the stress of not having money you know I guess it was the opposite in that my parents both had the steady um, full-time income but I was raised very much in a way where it was kind of gripped onto and every purchase was thoroughly analyzed (laughs) and deliberated Mm. both of my parents grew up uh pretty poor and paying themselves through college so I think they had ingrained in them the savings habits of their parents were in the great depression and whatnot and so over time it's just been this we have to save 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 (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's been useful I mean they're both retired now but I think there's a balance between what you spend now for your enjoyment and what the future can hold. So, mm-hmm. uh, does that mean like growing up you didn't have much enjoyment because they were so busy penny pinching? No, we did. I think another thing was comparison too. So, I, I did grow up in a nice place, but I didn't realize that because it was a kind of a bubble. And compared to everyone else around me, we did not have the same things, the same cars, drove places, road trips versus flying and like just little, that sounds like first world stuff, but it's like, man, we never do that. Or we didn't go to Disney World or 
um, XYZ, these super nice name brand items that seemed like people were getting every week. And we were like, you're shopping at Kohl's in the thrift store. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Like, I'm really glad to be raised that humbly and to know the value behind things and not be so materialistic in retrospect. But mm-hmm. I think that's why I thought. I mean, I can kind of relate to that too, just because when I was growing up, I mean, my parents were still adjusting to the whole being American or being in America. So they were just like learning what is like the cost and the demand of things and understanding like the system of rent versus mortgage. Mm -hmm. And so that was like their own thing while I was a kid. I didn't understand. I barely understand it now. (laughs) Um, But they would definitely be very... um, meticulous about where every dollar was going I remember like my mom would say this went like now I don't remember this because I was back in Ukraine during this but like she would say when they lived in New York they lived in New York for a year before I came over and um my mom said she would literally walk to wherever she needed to go instead of taking the subway because she wanted to save a nickel for the bus mm-hmm. and just like keep saving so like they were always very very vigilant down to the penny in the beginning and then, I don't know, they were always very private about money. They never really talked about it, but the way it would show to me as a kid or as a teenager is, you're in line in the grocery store, you want that piece of candy? Mom's like, no, put it up, we, you don't need it. It's too much. Or, like, I would never get spoiled with, like, gas stations and foods, or I'd never get spoiled with, like, little things here and there. Or, like, mm. but, like, I would... But, like, they would definitely spoil me with their money in, like, going to Hollister and checking out the sales racks. It was always yeah. the sales racks. Always. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know. Yep. Already. Or, like, Rue 21 or Charlotte Roos. I'm pretty sure Charlotte Roos went out of business, by the way. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like they did. But then when it wasn't, like, those material things, I feel like that was the only way it was materialistic was when I would want, like, every other Saturday, we'd go to the mall and mm-hmm. we'd get some new clothes. Um, and then something on, like, a higher scale is I was just ingrained on taking that family vacation. Sure, we definitely would do it differently, too. We would never fly. We'd always drive. It doesn't matter if it was 16 hours. I know. We would push freaking <laughs> through it <laughs> every time. And it would be, like, I remember cramping in the car. But, yeah. like, there are still moments where, like, my parents are playing either like their rock music or their Ukrainian music. And I'm like looking out the window. I'm like, all right, this ain't half bad. This ain't half bad. <laughs> and then we're like skiing or I'm seeing half of the world. So it's like, I really, it's like a give and take type of system mm-hmm. for me. So for me, I think like it was healthy. I think the way that they showed their money, sure. They definitely would like let me be materialistic, which was really frustrating at times, especially when you're a teenager mm-hmm. or a middle schooler trying to fit in. Because your parents are like, no, that's stupid. And you're like, but I want to. I need to fit in. I need to be cool. Right. But now it's totally like, thank God I didn't. Because now I never follow yeah. really any trend. Mm-hmm. If I do follow a trend, it's because I genuinely like it. Not just because it's what everyone's doing. Like, I've right. learned to really be independent on why I want to spend my mm-hmm. money. Instead of just doing what the people are doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's been really, I'm really thankful for that. Oh my gosh. That, that like literally reminds me of. Similar to how my parents were, too. Um, I think it's got to be, like, something about coming to America and just, like, that perspective is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, both my parents pretty much worked um, since they were pretty young. 
Um, and then my mom didn't work for a bit and she was taking care of the kids. And then my dad was uh, working for a different company. And then there was like a turning point. I remember it was like kind of middle school, I want to say, where my family was not doing well at all. Like we weren't like, we still had stuff, but I knew from like a childish perspective, I was like, something's up in this family. Um, so there, I remember this one moment we had to do like, I don't know if your schools did like reduce lunches, oh, yeah. but like you got a stamp on the back of this card. And like, to me, like I knew it, exactly what that was, but I didn't understand fully why. Mm. And that was like a huge, like, I was embarrassed about it because I was like, why do I have this stamp on my card? And like, when they pass out the like tickets and stuff, people can see that. But in the end, like no one actually was really looking. It was just more in my head. Mm -hmm. um, so like kind of going through that was like emotional in a sense, now that I think about it. Um, but I think going back to what Sophia said, like even though there were trends, like I wanted to fit in like Hollister Limited too, my mom would go out of her way to like put me in the store and like take a look. And like, mm -hmm. I think it was the perfect bounce. Like they still let me kind of, guide it but they didn't let me overdo it that there was always a limit mm -hmm. um and that's kind of always stayed with me my mom would like pass around coupons like Kohl's if you had like 30 percent oh, off yeah. scratch drops you'd be like okay like can I have that like next week and because mm -hmm. you can reuse it it's so weird I don't I've never shopped at Hollister Abercrombie or anywhere really? growing up I never like I genuinely don't remember ever like did you go into the mall cool. and like hand-me-downs and the oh, store yeah okay, okay. yeah sorry <laughs> no it's fine and like They're I have older brothers stores. and so it just yeah. meant that I like, <laughs> like a boy a lot but I also my my dad's love language is gift giving mm -hmm. and so he would love to buy me clothes and stuff like that and I wouldn't always see like where they came from or anything but I would like like them and I would wear them and it was like I don't know but talking about, um, like, the reduced lunches and things like that, I remember asking my mom for lunch money when I knew that my balance was getting low and, like, almost feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Like, man, like, as a, like, a high schooler, like, mm -hmm. having a bit more of an understanding of, like, where my family stood financially and feeling guilty for asking for something as simple as, like, money to eat with. Right. <laughs> oh, no. I'm... Even though it was, like, school lunches, yeah. it was, like, reduced lunch and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I would still, like feel bad every time I needed more oh I relate 100% because like they I don't know about your school but I remember back in in middle school and high school they would like literally give you a slip saying like your negative balance if you did go through the lunch line mm. to feed you and I would always have like negative five dollars negative three and let it build up until and and I'm just like, I'm not paying this. This is stupid. And so, or like, I was just too afraid to ask my parents, like saying, hey, I'm negative and balanced. We need to pay this off. Mm -hmm. Instead, like, I was just ingrained to always pack a lunch. And I still pack a lunch. Mm -hmm. too. All always, the time. Yeah, I always like wanted to pack a lunch, but that was just never really something that, I can we never like, pack lunches. I don't know. Like, we always used to mm -hmm. I remember like, we'd go make a bulk stop at like Sam's Club and like right. get like, the frozen pizzas or mm -hmm. frozen taquitos or tostitos, whatever mm -hmm. they're called. Oh, yes. And I that too. Yeah. Tostitos. So easy. I to still them. want some to this yeah. day. And I can't find <laughs> wow. where they are anymore. Um, you can get them at Walmart. Yeah, you really? Oh. Taquitos? Yeah. Okay. Oh. It's just how much you don't shop at Walmart. <laughs> That's true. Walmart was like, that was our grocery store. Okay. Like, we didn't go to Kroger. We didn't go, like, 
but it's always Walmart. I mean, since I've moved moved out of Arkansas, I've been like, I see ya, Walmart, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) I still have a a little bit of love for Walmart. I mean, I definitely do too, but at the same time, the Waltons are just some green motherfuckers. They do yeah. be having a, they a got lot fat of stacks. Fat, fat stacks. The fattest stacks. <laughs> they, made, they made Arkansas kind of cool. I won't lie. And oh, is like, that where they're from? Yeah, that's that's where it all originated. It was in Arkansas. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's insane. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that's why like Northwest Arkansas is like the only like rich I guess part of mm-hmm. Arkansas. I feel like. I mean, there's also Little Rock, but that's the capital. So I feel like there's always rich people in the capital of any. Town mm-hmm. or state, but yeah. This is we're talking about money and stuff like that, and I feel like I feel like I know what all of our answers would be. I thought they'd be very similar, but just still wondering, just to put it out there and like create some discussion about it. When you guys are thinking about what job and career and like what you want to do with your life, how much does money like impact that decision? Does that make sense? Yeah, because oh, yeah. I feel like there's a lot well, of people where like. Like it's say, only about the money. Yeah. You know, it's like, like say, hey, I kind of hate my job, but like I make a shit ton of money, so I'm going to keep doing it. You yeah. Know? Oh, mm-hmm. That's why people are trapped. What do you mean? That's why yeah. people are miserable. Yeah. <laughs> they are there for the 400K. Yeah. yeah. But will so like let themselves sulk and mm-hmm. get fat and, get, you know, <laughs> whatnot. Sorry, everybody. not wrong. Well, I feel like a lot of people, it's just they weren't raised like us, or maybe they were raised in a similar situation as us, but the mindset that they grew out of that wasn't a oh money isn't an important thing it was money is the most important thing mm-hmm. like I, I need it in order to have like a quote-unquote good life a I mean life you know I mean that's why people would like I feel like a lot of people that were raised very materialistic they grind and grind and grind for that material thing yeah mm-hmm. and then they're never satisfied yeah so I think that's why like that is like their driver of maybe picking up those overtime shifts mm-hmm. or making sure that they want to be that lawyer or that that med student or I mean, that doctor it's like buying things to impress people that you don't care about okay. it's literally that oh something that is very common in ukraine is literally ukraine is such a poor country sometimes um but people will somehow scrounge up enough money to buy the most latest iphone or the latest like uh, car and really show it off but then like if you actually enter into their home it's like a one-bedroom mm-hmm. apartment yeah. And, you know, everything's from the garden. They're barely shopping, reusing, like, the same clothes. Like, but that one or two big materialistic item, they'll make sure they can show that off, that they have the latest thing. So I feel like that's also very common sometimes in the States, too. Mm-hmm. On just, like, making sure you have, like, those really squeaky clean Nike shoes or those, that Gucci mm-hmm. bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious too because this that reminds me about um my friend Jack and he actually is Chinese too and I, okay. I but I haven't seen this aspect from you. I'm curious <laughs> if that's the similar concept is in the Chinese culture or not because a, a aspect of this person that I didn't understand is why he had the desire to put so much money in a car and make it such a sh- grand show to get his parents a nice car. Like he's making bank and mm-hmm. he deserves to show off what he's done and how successful he's getting. But I think that rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I'm like, I don't give a fuck what car you drive. Yeah. Like I, I don't see the point of rubbing that in other people's faces or like using it to draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it kind of made me shut him out, but that was probably projection because I was raised in such an opposite way. We were driving crap cars. But my friend, other friend understood it more because he was saying uh, that was a, a big thing um, in Chinese culture. It was like to have something to talk about or like to bring to, honor. Yeah, to be prideful in, I guess. Yeah. So I've never seen that side of you. So repeat the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why do Chinese people have... Do you feel like that's an accurate assessment or that's a one-off situation or that you're a one-off situation when it comes to um, pride regarding material accomplishments or anything, like a, mm -hmm. a need to share that and show that to other people? Like, is it always about legging up in the culture or is it more I like... I think it can be super easily. Um... I mean, is it more excitement? I think, but honestly, I think that can go for like all people. Okay. I was about to say, I like, feel like it's, it's not, not just, just Chinese people. Yes, yeah. it might be a more cultured thing, but most people just want to be seen as wealthy or holding some sort of like. If this possession defines me, then this means I'm X Y Z. Yeah, you know, um, the book I'm reading, which I want to talk to you guys about, so psychology of money. It's been really eye-opening and just actually had a chapter about cars. Um, so that's a good segue. But basically, whenever you see a nice car, right, do you ever think about the person that's driving the car? Or do you just look at the car and you're like, oh, that's shit. That's a nice car. I look at the car. What about you? Um, I do look at the person and usually it's an old white man. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fuck off. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Ricky? Uh, I actually, I look at both just because, like, I have, like, a handful of, like, car friends. And so <laughs> I, like, look at it and I think of them. And I'm like, man, I wonder what, like, TJ thinks about, would think about that car. That's like, funny. oh, damn, that's a really good Corvette. Oh, I miss, like, seeing them at shows or whatever. Like, that kind of stuff. And so, and Risa, one thing I was going to say about, like, um, what you were saying is, like, I feel like, like, I drive a kind of shit car right now. Like, it breaks down every couple months, and I, like, try and fix it with my own two hands because I just don't have the money to, like, mm -hmm. get a new one or, like, take it to the mechanic every freaking time something goes wrong with it. But at the same time, like, I'm thankful for the car that I have. But, I mean, if David Dobrik were to, like, give me a Tesla, yeah, I would not complain. Mm -hmm. I would I would be so excited. I would drive that shit everywhere I would live up the life of like having a Tesla mm -hmm. and like Tesla's are, like a high value car and they're like I think they're super cool and like I every time I see one I'm like damn that's super awesome like you drive through fucking Belmede and like Brentwood and shit mm -hmm. and you see seven Teslas in like a 20 minute drive yeah. it is literally insane and like there's part of me that is like man it would be so nice to just like not have to worry mm -hmm. about money every time I like want to go get dinner with my friends right you know like there was a time like two weekends ago when my roommate and I went just like shopping at Target we just needed to grab some stuff and then we just like spur the moment decided to like grab lunch at Buffalo Wild Wings and I was talking with her about it because I realized like that lunch with her was one of the first time in years that I've like just been like oh we should get this appetizer oh I want to get this meal oh we should do this as well and like kind of like looking through the menu and not paying attention to how much everything costs and like I felt like because like I 
had budgeted well enough that I knew about how much I had in my account. I knew that I could afford it, whatever mm-hmm. I was buying. Mm-hmm. And that was such a rare feeling to me. And mm-hmm. I was just like, <laughs> is this America? <laughs> is, this, is this all that I have to look forward to here? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I can relate with that just because growing up, like, we never went out to eat ever. Mm-hmm. Like, if Oh, it, yeah. No, if my dad we, hated it. If we did, it was, like, such a special occasion. And we would eat somewhere nicer, like, Olive Garden? Like, well, yes, bitch, but I did go <laughs> No, like, Olive Garden. Garden was, like, a nice, yeah. nice dinner for yeah. my family. Yeah, Olive Garden, but then, like, if we would get, like, a Christmas card, we'd always go to Bonefish or Carabas. Mm. Bonefish Grill? Yes, that Bonefish. Bang Bang Strip, baby. Oh, what are you talking about? You never had it? Oh, no, dude, so what is that? good. So now that, like, we're all working women and having jobs and, ha- like, Seeing how our parents kind of did shape us in our mindsets, do you think that we are deviating from any of that, or do you think we're conforming to it, or do you think we're adding our own twist? I think that I'm learning to add my own twist, but a lot. I'm so sorry. I didn't. It's okay. Like Interrupting the. No, I'm gonna start so, over. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm learning to kind of put my own twist on it, and a lot of the habits that I formed are definitely ingrained from just how my family has had conversations about money, which I don't think there's anything wrong with because it's pretty healthy now. But just watching my family grow with their money has been such a... It's been really rewarding to see that. And Mm -hmm. that's what I take away from it. Mm -hmm. Because going from the lunches to like literally watching my parents create their own business and they basically like they've accomplished the american dream like truly and it's been so awesome to see them actually enjoy their life now and they don't worry about those little things because like my dad will always say like we know what poor was like but now we're like so much happier um so that's why i think money is equals freedom and kind of your question about career stuff i do think that i want to find a job that makes me just like feel that I can contribute value, not necessarily so tied down to the dollar amount. But at the same time, I think that earning an efficient amount of income to accomplish what I want to accomplish in my life will make me happy. Um, And it doesn't need to be a lot, which is what I've realized. But it never hurts to have more because that equals more opportunity in my eyes. I can I can agree to disagree and some of the things you said because like I'd say I've taken my own twist too because same way as you like I've seen poor mm-hmm. or like at least not poor, I, I would I'm never gonna say we were poor but I'm always gonna say that we just had less yeah than too. what the average was mm-hmm. and then so I could always tell my parents sacrificed a lot but now through the sacrifice and the self control that they've had of not spending on things that they wanted but what they just needed has really paid back now because like now they spoil themselves with like their rock like when they not rock climb when they um mountain bike Mm -hmm. all the time or now like going out to eat more often after they mountain bike or you know taking somewhere more expensive when we do go to on a vacation versus Mm -hmm. just like the bare minimum of housing or accommodation and me I feel like right now I'm right where they have worked so hard for because I got my college education and I have like a good paying job to where like I really don't struggle at all Mm -hmm. but I have those ingrained method methodologies of 
how I'm going to be spending my money and what I'm keeping aware of. Like, I still don't go out to eat nowadays. Mm -hmm. I will still go if I'm not going to reject it because I don't have the money. I'm going to reject because I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, giving myself that grace that you can make yourself happy and, you, mm -hmm. and you're allowed to, but just, I feel like you have to figure out what it is that's making you happy versus thinking like this object is going to make you happy. Correct. I think my fear is, which is ironic, kind of being in that, that place where I don't know if I can do something, um, and you mean like do something like go on a trip or do something like with your career? What do you mean? Like do um, no, not trip so much as like I I love not having to think about every um, thing on the menu mm. now or but I know that ingrained in me is so many of those like I think I know I save too much but it's that saving that has allowed me to be more free-flowing when mm -hmm. I do have something that I want or when I want to splurge or like decide to go out to eat or on this xyz trip I'm like okay I, I know I'm saving a lot so I, I'm okay to do these things mm -hmm. um, but I, I think my fear is yeah probably not having that to rely back on it's kind of my little like it's a, it is a little safety net of yeah I, it, it's my backup plan to in later in life I think I might try education or even in a few years just like take a break from this and see if it's really what I want to do I don't think right now it's a a waste of time or a hated job I think I just chose it because I, I really love the internship and first position I really like what you said about the safety net because I think for myself as well that definitely is true. I think having that financial backup gives me a reason to do the things I want to do, but also know that I have so much more opportunity ahead of me too. Um, and if there was like a turning point or something that went haywire, I would be able to back myself up, but still achieve the goals and opportunities that I've wanted. So I guess that leads to Ricky. Um, I think you had another question for us. So moving on to like how we individually on a day-to-day -day basis spend money, view money, make our transactions, feel guilty about transactions, not feel guilty about transactions, diving into this topic. Um, personally, my, I budget? <laughs> <laughs> Putting air quotes around that and using that word in the most loose <laughs> definition possible. By budget, I mean I literally have two charts in my notes app that have like my recurring expenses and how much that adds up to be. And then whatever, and for like each paycheck a month, I don't even do it on like a monthly basis. I do it by like the paychecks, the individual paychecks that I get and like what dates those paychecks mm -hmm. cover and like what expenses that has to cover. And then I know how much those expenses cost. I like see what my paid stub is going to be. I see what my expenses are. I subtract the expenses from the pay stub and whatever I have left is how much I allow myself to spend. And part of the, what I have in my budget is like for savings and for things like that. Um, but then like whatever I've left is what I allow myself to spend. And so I have like a Venmo debit card that I then transfer the money that I have to spend into that. It mm -hmm. can't be refilled. 
Like if I swipe that card and there's not enough in my Venmo, it doesn't pull from my bank account that it's linked to. That's just, that's it. That's what I have to spend. And so that way I can go about making transactions and like I crunch numbers for like that specific amount. But then I know at the end of the day that my rent is covered. My electric Mm -hmm. bill is covered. My water is covered. My Patreons that I want to support are covered. Like I said, I have savings. And I do find myself sometimes like instances happen every fucking month where I overspend and I have to pull for my savings. This month, it was fostering a kitten. (laughs) Um, Last month, it was making a last minute trip home that I like wasn't expecting and then being home for a little while, like spending money there and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, November, it was fucking Friendsgiving that I didn't expect to spend as much as I did for Uh, that, but I did it. But the thing is, I don't necessarily feel guilty about those things because at the end of the day, those were all experiences and things that I like cared about at the time and like wanted to put money into, you know, Mm -hmm. it just like, I don't know. That's how I keep from feeling guilty about like little transactions and like things that I want to do and stuff like that is like, I know, like if I go out for drinks with friends and stuff like that, like, damn, those memories, the ones that I remember before that, great, (laughs) super fun, loved them, had an amazing time, you know? And so, and I still know that like, I'm able to pay all my bills and things like that. I'm not saving a shit ton every month. At the most, I save $500 a month. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to dip into that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like a car fucking breaking down. But it's fine. We're getting through it. We're getting through it. I, I'm willing to bet money, which maybe isn't the best garbage <laughs> to use right back. now. <laughs> I'm willing to bet money that I am the least responsible with money out of all of us you win the bet like I still yeah 110 percent. I win that fucking bet but I still like I get by and I still get oh to my have god fun. I thought you said something else <laughs> I'm not gonna say it all you went by what's that you think I said you went by no I thought you said and in the bed <laughs> like the least just... I mean <laughs> I don't know where you got that. I don't, that. I don't know. Anyway, so what do you guys, how do you guys, like, day-to-day transactions, things, like, where do you find yourself, like, hesitant on and, like, having to, like, talk yourself into being okay with spending money on or, like, things like that? Tina, what's your away. What does your budget look like? Teach me how to budget. Yeah, I want to hear. I, honestly, I save greatly. I feel that. And it takes a lot for me to, sorry, that was not grammatically correct. You, sa- you save a lot. I save greatly. I mean, does that make sense? You save well. Yeah, I save well. Because save is an action. Yeah. And then I well mean, is the. Yeah. Thank you, grammar. Over there. Well, saving is a verb. In action. Yeah. 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 And greatly good, good is, is good is for like nouns and things. Or yeah, and then well is for verbs. But greatly is an adverb. Right. But I'm talking about saving. <laughs> saving is the verb that it's going for. But greatly. Is going with the verb, yeah. Yeah, I guess it would work, but it doesn't saving as well. Oh, it's it, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not an offer. Anyway, anyway, sorry, but um, I mean, are you asking me my expenses? Or I need a more direct question. Why do you feel guilty when you spend four dollars? <laughs> I feel that I don't know where it comes from. Honestly, I think it's because. I think a lot of it is tied back to childhood when um, we didn't have a lot of money, so everything was more 
like, oh, why are you spending it on that? Like, mm-hmm. I should be kind of hoarding it in a sense, but Saving putting it, it towards something, something greater. So, for example, my mindset now is if I spend something and I feel guilty, I do something to make up for it. So, like, today I literally went on an hour Zoom call that I didn't need to go on for work just so I could time clock my lady and be like, put me in for an hour. So now I just made $25. Like, I just like to have that mentality <laughs> that, like, if I always have passive income. Hmm. I'm sorry, I got caught up on the fact that you make 25 fucking dollars an hour. Congratulations. Continue. <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah, for nurses. That's horrible. <laughs> I make 15. It's fine. And that's, like, a lot. It's fine. <laughs> but did you go to college? No, but even people who, like, went to college, the most they make is, like, 18. Really? And they're, like, an emergency service, yeah. No way. Yeah. 18, yeah, it's, like, what they, what they fought for to make. What's the vet usually, like, the actual vet make, you know? enough to own a couple cars oh really yeah okay <laughs> and like it? a practice and shit but then owning yeah. a practice is like fucking expensive dude mm-hmm. interesting but yeah um so i think that's just i like to feel that like yes the money matters but it's more of my contribution to like what i put out there too is more of the impact that i i want like that's i i love selling things because it's an exchange of my item that's going to value someone else's life in some way, shape, or form. Hmm. Um, but I guess I just need to be better about not... I mean, talking to you guys honestly helps a lot. Like, I would get really stuck about spending, like, 50 bucks on groceries when I know that that's... It's well, just, like, it's do you want a tip? Sure. I don't know if you do this. You might already do this because you seem to already kind of have a hard time putting that $4 down on the table. Do you still use cash? No. I stopped doing that, actually. Didn't that help you? It did kind of help me. I remember you'd, like, withdraw a certain amount of cash, and that would be your allowance for your fun money. Yeah. If you didn't want to spoil yourself with something silly, like a coffee. right. I should go back to my cash. (laughs) That was such... I was so good about that. Yeah, that was, like, when I first taught you how to kind of save, and that really helped you. Because I was like, I only can spend what I can physically see. That makes me feel better. Yeah. See, that, I tried doing that for a little while. And my issue was, like, I don't live near a Wells Fargo bank. And Wells Fargo is what I use. And so I'd have to, like, drive out of my way to go withdraw that money. And then if I have car issues, I I can't make it to Mm -hmm. the bank, you know? And so that's when the Venmo debit card became my, like, way of... Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a good way, too, especially with everything being online nowadays or electronic. Mm -hmm. And then turning off the, like, refill was the biggest thing. Oh, yeah. So that it doesn't just, like, pull from my account and I want to keep spending. It's, like, if I don't have the money, it gets declined. Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt has a Bank of America, so I just take from there. But that's a good point. I'm going to do that tomorrow night when I go into work. Yeah. Nice. I should. Lisa, how was your spending? My spending. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I don't really feel like I spend a lot but of course it probably depends on whose lens we're looking through because I feel like you think I spend a lot of money my rugs are like I will get a coffee out or sneaking in a grocery store or take a flight somewhere I feel like um, sometimes I feel guilty more on bigger purchases and then it also depends like I always think through clothing for some reason do I actually need this pair of shoes or this I really don't spend a lot on clothes but 
it's crazy how I need to justify a $30 pair of shoes that I will wear for like four years versus mm-hmm. um, you can spend $30 out one night getting drinks and having a food item. So I'm like, why is that easier? Yeah, because when... it's experience. It I think is, but... any experience, I'm like, it's okay. But yeah, but I would use the shoes and like that's the thing. It's when experience experience for some reason like outweighs practicality. And I think that might be because of like the way that our mindset is. Yeah. Specifically, I guess, of like we value experience. Mm -hmm. We value relationships. We value like quality time with people. And so we see drinks and coffee and like food and that kind of stuff as like sharing those moments with people versus clothes that's just like a thing that I'm gonna put on my body Body. and it's just serving me but like I want other people involved and that's experience exactly it's the connection yeah and so you don't feel as bad when what you're spending money on facilitates a connection right versus just like why do I want to connect with a pair of jeans I mean you can have that yeah (laughs) yeah it's not as like tangible Mm -hmm. I guess it's true or lasting um the way that I monitor my money or like kind of the transaction of me they vary of course I um spoil myself like I told you guys with my groceries I'm totally I support it totally cool with spending 150 plus dollars for myself on myself (laughs) by myself (laughs) I'm lingering that in my head (laughs) 100 percent and that lasts me more than a week for sure it always Mm -hmm. lasts me like two and a half so I mean if you break that up it's honestly not that bad but I also love to cook and I love to try and try things from scratch (coughs) I'm so sorry it's okay and um I'm not afraid to also like go grab that little thing that is like six dollars maybe I'm too hungry to cook something or me and Brian are doing something together mm-hmm. and we're like, let's just go through a drive through real quick because we're about to be busy. Let's just go grab a salad. Totally okay. And plus me and him, we take turns spending money on each other. So that helps too on feeling like lifting the burden on him and lifting mm-hmm. the burden on me. Um, but I also kind of check my bank account and my credit card like it's social media. Me too. And Same. it's not I don't like it's bad. And it, I don't think it's a bad thing. And like I don't mean I don't mean like social media in a way like I'm on it all the time. It's just like I check it like I would check social media. Like not every day, probably every three days or something like that. So I can just make sure I look out for fraud. Yeah. One. Because that's definitely happened to me before. And so I like to be vigilant to that. But mm-hmm. then also I like to see like what's pending, what's and what's not to know like I need to take a chill pill or if I can actually spoil myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I mean, no matter what, I've noticed there's a pattern of my spending. I'm always spending about 900 a month on mm-hmm. myself. So, and that's without rent. So like add that together. So like that's like 1400. That's one paycheck, about one paycheck for me. Mm-hmm. so the rest I kind of save so I'm also a big saver too yeah it's where like I'm dumping like a grand into my saving and I'm like oh shit yeah that's that's maybe I should spoil myself some more then mm-hmm. if I'm saving that much um but then again that could also just be because of what my job pays and me being like such a greedy kid and my parents also kind of being greedy with money to mm-hmm. where I'm like 
okay, so now I have all this extra, what should I do with it? But I'm also too scared because I'm kind of like you, Risa, where I'm like, oh, I should start investing my money in some sort of way. Maybe I should get a car. Maybe I should try and do real estate or maybe I should do like some type of stock or yeah or mm-hmm. sit, like a different type of Definitely. thing but like I just don't know enough and I'm too scared like play the risk game of what you can do with your money but I don't know so I can definitely help with that like any if you want to get started in that and if do you have 401k now I do but I don't know like how long I'm going to be at my job so I like you should match it though it can always roll over yeah but see something that just confuses me though is like the whole matching system like sure i match it up i think vanderbilt does like it's five percent yeah you should it's good i match ten percent and like i only get five but you can match so if you have a 401k does that mean you can also have a roth r r they're two different things i honestly i'm bad at describing both yeah roth is like a six thousand annual contribution limit and 401k is 19.5 what's that mean Meaning you can put in a maximum of nineteen thousand five hundred in your 401k and a maximum of $6,000 in your Roth IRA. Roth IRA is separate with like Fidelity or other financial services. And those are put in like where you want to invest. Usually it's a retirement account and the mm-hmm. amount that they accrue over time it's not going to be taxed Tax. when you take it out mm-hmm. at 69 and a half. So, so like normally when you are investing and that money's growing in there, there's taxes when you take it out or sell or whatever. Yeah. So you're so, supposed to not touch it. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's the difference between like those accounts and just like a regular savings account. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's non-taxable because taxes is where everything will get pulled from. But if you keep growing your money in these banks, you eventually down the line like that's yours so that's like a great safety net in that, a like sense. the government taking it like for example yeah i so it, like i kind of understand that what risa was telling me i instead of dabbling in those things i dabbled in ally banking which it like it's a savings account bank but instead of like your usual bank only giving you like 0.00 percent interest um ally banking was giving me like 2.5 percent with whatever I had in the bank. So for example, if I had 10 grand in there and they'd like multiply that and that'd be like, what? I mean like $45 or something. And that would just add up more. And then like the more money I had, the more money I'd get as uh, the interest. interest. Yeah. And so like I did that for about, I don't know, six months, but then COVID hit and the interest kept going down and down and down. I was getting really nervous. It was like gonna crash just because of our economy during COVID and like the, the, the height of the pandemic. So I took it all out and like put it and like kept kept it safe in my other sa- savings account and then when I just filed my taxes I actually learned that like because of the interest that I billed it was taxed for my 2020 taxes yeah, yeah. So, I definitely it. think I think you should just match Vanderbilt because no matter what you can get it can roll over to whatever company you go to next most of the time mm-hmm. because um like, my dad takes care of my Roth IRA, but then I have, I contribute 10% for my 403B. So my paychecks always look so small because I'm a lot of it's just going right to there and, like, mm-hmm. obviously fees and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was told, like, number one advice, always match as soon as you can because the best time to start, especially even in this book, is today. Whatever you do today, it's going to make it grow 
And even if you don't think that's like the case, it's think about it. if every day you were like, I'm going to put $2 aside into one bank, it's going to continue to grow mm-hmm. versus just holding on to like, I mean, there's zero. that analogy of like, would you rather have a million dollars or have a penny for 30 days? Like, which one would you pick? But you're multiplying the penny's value every day. So, like, say that you have... The penny grows exponentially each day. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'd want to do the 30 days of getting the penny because you'd get over a million dollars technically if you mm-hmm. do the math um, versus just a million right. dollars. Right, so exactly, it's like that. So that's kind of like the... I understand yeah, why, but sometimes I'm just like... I've heard the statistic. Well, no, I remember reading the statistic that people they focus so hardcore on their retirement money, but then most people don't even use the money of their retirement because they die. Yeah. So like people die around like seventy five or like in the U.S. and people and people usually retire for retire like around sixty five. So like that's ten years worth of like you just really need ten years worth of money, and I don't remember really how much you get at the very end scheme of all of that once you take everything out of the Roth IRA and the 401k but most people literally die with the fucking money so I'm just like question where did you guys learn about like Roth IRAs and 401ks and YouTube like I follow this YouTuber. fidelity I, so you like went out of your way to like learn it yourself mm-hmm. what motivated you to do that um because I like being an independent woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what? Uh, my dad's big on like savings and all that stuff mm-hmm. so he would I try mean, to teach me a lot but honestly true. I get frustrated t- listening to my parents talk to me about things, so I've tried to take my own initiative, like, reading books and, like, YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. I've honestly done, like, fidelity one-on-ones just to understand, because there's so much verbiage. It's really confusing if you have no verbiage idea. Is, yeah. I'm like, so, break that down for me. So, parents, parents, and, like, taking the initiative yourself, and then... Lisa. I would say parents, and I'm just now getting out there more, but my dad's biggest thing is, like, as soon as you start Saying 401k, this is what you're doing for Mm -hmm. Roth. And to add to your point earlier, there's different, there's like, you don't have to play the market day by day with investments, but if you have savings that you know you're not going to touch for 10 years, there's an upward trend in the stock Mm -hmm. market in general. So even though there is a dip, if you know, like, I don't want to pull this money out till I buy a house in 10 years, having it in the market in some sort of stock, it's going to grow like, eight to ten percent versus your point zero zero three or whatever in the money market mm-hmm. so i think like if you do have a big chunk that you want to that you're not touching and it's just in a savings account in your bank it should be in the market it's better to if grow you're it. not going to touch it for because we can always have a risk of a downfall but mm-hmm. the market will always come back up mm-hmm. yeah so well i'm just like i did i tried that i just don't want to i hate to be clueless so like i downloaded Robinhood forever ago I know that's like a really shitty app to get started on but I feel like it's a great beginner app sometimes or at least that's what I was told mm-hmm. and so like I left I never I put a hundred dollars in and then picked a couple things but like I could never figure out like what truly to where to put the money yeah on it so mm-hmm. I feel like that's my biggest struggle to where I would have to YouTube it some more yeah I feel like listening to podcasts and YouTubes were my way of learning more like my parents definitely helped but I also know that like my part priorities are different than what theirs once were or are so I want to definitely not have a skewed opinion or like have their opinion skew my way of thinking that's Mm -hmm. why I've been more independent on my search for it I mean I'm thankful I don't have student debt but like that's another reason like why like I want to 
like if I like when I have a husband stuff and like we are in debt whether it's a mortgage or something like that I want to be helpful with that like I'm not just going to be like this is my money and then I'm rich I'm a rich bitch right like I definitely always want to be helpful in some sort of way and like I'm learning also to give more like charity wise like I gave over like two grand to charity and I was like I'm proud of myself to just freely give that away Mm -hmm. because people needed it Mm -hmm. so I feel like it just it it's a lot of navigating but if you can kind of keep up with it definitely doable and just it's, it comes down also to self control, and I feel like you'll talk about that with the marshmallow test too. Yeah. So, the only tie that I just thought was interesting from this was that there is a fine line too. Yeah, in saving for the future and saying, "Oh, I read this really interesting article that like you could die tomorrow. So what would be the point of having this money in your four hundred one k?" But there was this um, quote in here that's like, "For every person that doesn't save." an ounce for that age 65 70 when they're going to be um when they think they're going to be dead there is an old person struggling to feed themselves or like um pay for anything if they don't have the abilities to work so uh, but anyway the the association with this test was that if you identify with how you think you're going to be in the future so there's like a venn diagram of who you are now and who you picture yourself to be in the future and the more overlapped those two circles are, the more likely you're going to um, be a saver and picture your lifestyle and actually picture yourself aging like that versus, I, I think mine was like 50-50. I'm like, well, I could like make a drastic life change and be a different person. Because we like to think about ourselves 10 years ago um, in order to compare how we're going to be in 10 years. But I just thought that was interesting because um, those who were able to literally picture themselves and were even shown an aged image of their face at like 65 were more likely like on a scale to adjust the amount that they would save because they're like, oh, that's me then I'm going to like delay that that spending or that gratitude so that that old version of me gets a little Wait, more that's money fun, yeah so makes sense yeah uh, but it's the same thing with the marshmallows i guess that picturing we have yeah it depends how you can picture yourself that's super interesting especially so what i think about with that then is people who do struggle to see themselves like growing old yeah and, like being older making it past like a certain age like I, I struggle to see myself past like thirty-five. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like I there are times when I'm just like, I'm I'm not gonna get old. Like I yeah. just don't see that happening. And not just the like, oh the world of blah blah, but like genuinely like mental health and like things like that. I'm like, we'll see if I make it, you know? And so with people with those kind of struggles, then it does become I can see how there like could potentially be a correlation between like not saving not thinking about saving money and like those kind of things and like not like seeing like that far into the future and things like that because even like hearing you guys talk about like Roth IRAs like 401ks like things like that I've heard those words before I know that like every time I like get a new job there are things about them I think in the uh application or like hiring process and stuff but Mm -hmm. like never grew up hearing about it. I never grew up hearing about like saving money and like putting into savings and like retirement, things like that. Like my dad's job, there isn't really retirement, you know? 
um, and there's not like a retirement like fund that things are going into, you know, so I never knew that that was an option for people, you know, Mm -hmm. and so, and then like the most I ever heard about like money talk really was like a finance class I took when I was a junior in high school. And that was the first time I'd been introduced to the thought of like how to spend your money and like how things should go and things like that. And it's like, I don't know. I could see how even like my views on money, my ways of handling money have matured a little bit since like high school and like my first ever job, my first ever paycheck and stuff. But like, honestly, not really by that much. I would probably be one of the ones who is more that like instant gratification. I'd rather spend money now than like, the only reason I can think of to save money is for like an emergency of my car breaking down or like my dog needing emergency medicine or like something like that. I don't see it as like a savings for like 50, 60, 70 year old Ricky, you know, it's like a completely different mindset. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Well, I I feel like the way that you're seeing that though is also like, I definitely, definitely, it's a new perspective for me. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So I'm glad you talked about it because I've never thought about it that way. For me, though, money is kind of money is not health, in my opinion, but like it correlates in my head that way because every day I take care of myself by like eating properly and trying to hydrate myself and trying to keep my body happy. But then also, I know down the line that is going to, my body's going to thank me for that because Mm -hmm. every decision I put into my body will show itself out. And I think that's kind of the same thing with money too. Like, sure, you buy all those like little things now, but then I feel like down the line, say something does happen, which I hate to think like that because I always roll my eyes because my parents would say the same thing. Like, you always need like a couple grand. What if you break your arm again? I'm like, shut up. I'm fine. I drink milk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't drink milk. I drink almond milk. But either way, um, I just, like, it's hard for me to sometimes picture that, too, because I don't even picture myself like that either. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a perspective I can agree with, Mm -hmm. but not at the same time. Because when I'm saving my money, I'm not thinking of 35 or 45 or 55-year-old Sophie at all. Mm -hmm. I'm just, like... Trying to save. I'm I'm just trying to save because I'm, like, "Mm, I'm going to spoil myself with something big. And it's going to be probably moving across the world or it's going to be probably a house. Mm -hmm. But then I guess that is later me Mm -hmm. being thanked because I have this cushion Mm -hmm. to probably put down that down payment or something like that Mm -hmm. versus, like, forever wasting my money on rent. Because, like, like the older I'm getting, the more pissed off I'm getting about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, the... The most I've ever actually, like, focused and, like, been motivated to stick to, like, my savings goals and things like that have been within the past six months when I've, like, officially made the decision and, like, tangibly have the, like, van life in my mind. And I know specifically what I want that money to go to. I know that every time I have to, like, pull from my savings, I'm pulling from that future and that dream and things like that. And that's when it hurts more Mm -hmm. versus, like, before I had money in a savings account. I needed more money for groceries like Mm -hmm. like that kind of thought was like what was in my mind and stuff but even talking about money so money is so fucking weird and arbitrary and yet so important Mm -hmm. and it's especially in America where everything's so capitalistic and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and like I don't know about you but like I 
I'm, I have been on the, my last pair of contacts for nine months now. Damn. Um, I am wearing my pair of glasses that I had in high school because my other pair broke. And the only reason I'm doing that is that even though I have insurance, I genuinely like struggle to think about paying the co-pays mm-hmm. for like contacts and glasses. Uh, when I get sick, I just kind of chug some DayQuil and power through it because I worry about paying the co-pays. And what if my insurance isn't like covering everything that I think that it's going to cover? And then I get slapped with like this ridiculous bill and things like that. And I like have to consider those things. And part of it is like my own doing because I am Mm -hmm. shit at saving money, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, yeah, I'll take responsibility for that. But it also is like, what I so I don't know if it's going to because it's not just the copay it's like I also probably need a shit ton of other tests done and like blood work and like I need to see an OBGYN and like things like that and it's like the extra stuff that like keeps getting added onto it like okay here's my here's what freaks me out last time I went for my eye doctor appointment I thought it was just gonna be the copay that I had to pay and that that would be fine Mm -hmm. and I got a pair of glasses no I didn't even get get a pair of glasses through them I got a glasses prescription okay and contacts like a, a six month supply of contacts yeah. right it was just what I thought was a standard exam standard like just pay the copay get your stuff you're good and then I got slapped with like a $600 bill that I wasn't expecting the point is like I went into that being like okay yeah I have the money for this more than I expected yeah and so I'm so terrified of that happening again that I'm like I, I don't yeah. want to go back and risk it yeah. You know, because like I can go a little bit longer, like with these contacts and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would rather spend the money trying to fix my fucking car and like making sure I have groceries and dog food than I would like new mm-hmm. contacts, you know? But like, would you ever put in the time to actually call like your insurance and be like, yeah, what is covered? I'm- I've like looked through the graphs like a ton and like looked through like the charts of like what they say is covered and everything, but like, but, like I, I actually, did that last time. But no, I mean like actually talk to a representative. That yeah. literally terrifies me. <laughs> the yeah. thought of calling a human <laughs> and having that conversation. Oh my god, wait, I'm a human. What do you mean? Are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like if you put in like the like the whole number on your card to truly see what your benefits are, mm-hmm. what's yeah. covered. It shows you how much your deduct, like what you do need to meet your deductible, or mm-hmm. what copays are going to be included. So that gives you a gauge. And then before you actually let the doctor ever do anything to you, yeah, you, you ask, call. you ask, like, is this covered by my insurance? I, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I don't have the money to afford something that you're going to overcharge me on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I understand healthcare comes with a lot of hidden fees, but I don't have the means. To really advocate for yourself, yeah, with that just because, yeah, that's that, all. But it like me. it, it's so fucking frustrating that you have to do that and you have to know those things. And if you don't know those things, if you don't do those things, then like, that's why healthcare for all these things happen. Yeah, over. yeah. Well, that happened to me. I went like got labs drawn because I was figuring out my hormone levels, and then I got hit with, like five hundred, like dollar fucking bill, and I was like, wait, what? Tried to fight it for a while, then I got tired, and I was like, I'll just fucking pay it. But it's, like, shit like that. So, like, lesson I learned is, like, I got to be more diligent with, like, before they do anything, mm-hmm. just kind of hit my check marks. So, usually I am good about that. But then I, for some reason, thought that my primary visit was going to be covered from that check. But it was completely different because it was past that year or, like, not within the year. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah i mean most of like most insurance or like most things that you do have coverage on covers the bare minimum of mm-hmm. basics like whether it's just a wellness exam and basic like lab tests but anything that is specified or specialized like if you go in for a wellness exam but then you're like i also like might have strep and they do a strep test you're getting yeah. charged for that strep test exactly. not out of like yeah. out of pocket. which really does suck because that's why people let themselves get so bad and then they end up in a hospital with mm-hmm. really complicated things mm-hmm. because they know that they don't have the means to afford yep. whatever's going on but then but then you're paying thousands and thousands and thousands just staying in the hospital room and getting treated for a week it's mm-hmm. crazy so it just really depends it's such an interesting concept and I don't know if there's an answer or a happy media. That's true. Because I feel there's like not, no matter who you are as a human, you have anxieties about different things. And it's going to maybe have money involved in some way. But, um, yeah, whether it's anxiety about the future or anxiety now, I think that's really what the, the difference is. Should we start accepting comments in the suggestion box for our podcast? I feel like can they write in? Hey, everybody that's still listening, (laughs) (laughs) if you're still Um, there, if you're still there, barely hanging on by a thread, we would love to hear some support. Give us that Um, feedback. We're gonna email us or DM us on Instagram at Quartitties, and that's spelled Q U A R T I T T I E S. Period. There's no period. We're going to work on expanding our Instagram page and making it more active, but we want to hear from our fans. (laughs) Let us know what you want to hear next on episode five. Hit us up. Let us know anything you want to hear, any suggestions you have. Send us fan mail. Um, If you want my Venmo, DM and I'll drop it. (laughs) (laughs) Accepting to the Ricky. Accepting donations (laughs) now. Um. Anyway, bro. Hope that I really hope that I were company for real. Line eight hundred contacts. I'll write um an email for you. (laughs) Oh my god. No, I did us. Anyway, y'all. I hope that you guys learned something related. And you can Tina. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm trying to wrap up the fucking podcast. Contacts. That's it. Oh my god. He's gonna have a fun time editing. The deuces.